Hello, my friends, and welcome to The Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for July 22nd is Isaiah chapters 28 through 30. And in full transparency, friends, sometimes when I'm doing this podcast, I feel like a broken record, and I'm praying, saying, God, clear, I mean, don't people want to hear something new? I feel like a broken record. I feel like I'm repeating myself. And then I realized, I'm sure that's how God feels as well. In chapter 28, we begin an address to Samaria, which is the people of God who have forsaken the counsel of God in exchange for their own comfort and their own flawed reasoning. It's people going, yeah, I know that's what God said, But I want to do it this way. I think we should do it this way. Um, yeah, I'm just going to do it this way. And we don't get to do that and then live comfortable, peaceful, prosperous lives. The imagery in verse 3 says the majestic crown of Ephraim's drunkards will be trampled underfoot. Picture a crown, a majestic crown being trampled underfoot. So the most prized possession and the symbol of one's authority is being taken away and it's it's being useless. In verse 5 it says on that day Yahweh of armies will become a crown of beauty and a diadem of splendor to the remnant of his people. So God will be the crown, the authority, and the most prized possession of the remnant of his people. My friends, count yourselves among the remnant. If you do nothing else, be faithful to God. There's all that matters. There will become a day when people will want to be closely associated with Yahweh, this God of all creation. I know it's not cool right now. It's not politically correct right now. But there will come a day when all of these things that shape our worldviews are stripped away. And then we will face judgment. And at that time, do we want to stand before the creator of the universe giving an account for our words, our actions, and our motivations as a friend of his or as a foe. The chosen people of God have rejected his counsel and have darkened their minds by grieving the Holy Spirit, exchanging the truth of God for a lie, causing their own blindness and spiritual drunkenness. We see in Isaiah 28. And all the way down in verse 15, The people have made a covenant with death, an agreement with Sheol, or some would translate it as hell or Hades. When overwhelming catastrophe passes through, it won't touch us because we have made falsehood our refuge. We're hiding behind lies. What does it mean to have made a covenant with death? Well, death is separation. It's Adam and Eve died. They they spiritually died. They were separated from God because of their sin. 
When people die or they go on to be with the Lord, their physical bodies stay and their souls are separated out. And so this gives me the idea of people who believe a false doctrine and say, in this relativist society that we dwell in today, what's right for you is fine for you. What's right for me is right for me. Nobody has the right to tell me what's wrong. I have no right to tell anybody else who's wrong. Unless you say everybody's wrong, then of course that's offensive. There's also the idea of the popular during the 1900s often taught pre-tribulation rapture that the people of God will not have to suffer when bad things begin to happen on the earth. And it's ingrained in many Christians an escapist mentality thinking, I don't have to be here when things get bad. So I'm just going to hide in my storm cellar and wait for the storm to pass. I'm not going to do anything about the storm. I'm not going to do anything to make things better or to try to save other people. I'm just going to hide here and pray for Jesus to come. And my friends, that is the antithesis of what Jesus came and died for. Verse 16 Look, I have laid a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. The one who believes will be unshakable. And I will make justice the measuring line and righteousness the mason's level. So by our righteous works, a house built on the truth, the rock, will survive the storm. And God's people should be those who usher forth justice. We should be making a difference around us. We should be encouraging people to do the right thing. People will not want to do what's wrong when we are in the room. If they know who we are and if we carry the presence of the Most High God. Just a reminder that God's ultimate truth must be our foundation. Jesus has to be the foundation. We can't take our pastor's word for it or our preacher's word for it or our Bible study teacher's word for it. You can't take my word for it. You cannot go forth and say, well, this guy David says, therefore, it won't work that way. You'll have no spiritual authority. The people of God need to get the word of God into their hearts and allow it to become a part of us so that we can speak forth the word from a place of authority. And when we do that, things around us will begin to change. Chapter 29, verse 14 says, The wisdom of their wise will vanish and the perception of their perceptive will be hidden couple verses before that says that God will shut the eyes of the prophets and cover the heads of the seers my friends there's a principle a spiritual law that God created that applies to believer and unbeliever alike and it's the law of reaping and sowing it's the law of being a good steward it's the law of getting what you give put forth work you'll be successful Refuse to work, you'll be poor. 
share the truth and be a good steward of that and send it forth and you'll get more. Hoard it for yourself and even what you have will be taken away. Things are changing, my friends. Chapter 30 says, They carry out a plan, but it's not mine. They make an alliance, but against my will, piling sin on top of sin without asking my advice. Do you make it a point to ask God to bring him into your decisions? Do you do you run to him before you buy a new car or decide on where you're going to work or where you're going to live, on whom you're going to date or marry, on what to do in a complicated situation when you're having a disagreement with another person. Do you pray about it? Do you say, God, what should I do in this situation? Christians, many of us, are, are not in the habit of asking God for his advice. And it's our greatest shortcoming, I believe. And then it says, without asking my advice, they set out to go down to Egypt in order to seek shelter under Pharaoh's protection. Egypt is slavery. Pharaoh is an, he's a type of Satan. He's, he's representative of Satan. The people of God wanted to go and enslave themselves so that they could have a steady paycheck. Think on that, my friends. Chapter 30, verse 15 says, You will be delivered by returning and resting. Your strength will lie in quiet confidence, but you are not willing. And then at the end, God gives grace and mercy to those who repent. As soon as they humble themselves before him, he rushes in to save them. Let's learn from their lesson. Let's humble ourselves before him so that he will rush in to save us. May God bless you as you seek him, my friends, and we'll see you tomorrow.